and uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 19, and uh, we are uh, continuing, uh, and this is going to kind of piggyback right onto uh, what I preached this morning, and I also think it's uh, a great message as we come off what we just came off with the team camp, uh, because this m- message is going to uh, you know, just show you everything we're doing around here for a reason and for a purpose. And, uh, of course, that is so that uh, we can teach and train to do things God's way in this area. And I can promise you this, folks, the world is not going God's way. Amen? Yeah. Now, uh, yeah. is God still ultimately in control? You better believe it. Amen? And uh, God knows what's exactly what's going on. In fact, he told us exactly why it would go on. Amen? Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, he's called us uh, to be, a, uh, as the book of Peter tells us, a royal generation, a, yeah. a royal priesthood. Yeah. And uh, we're to be different in this world. Yeah. And uh, if we're going to be different, then we've got to figure out what God says for us to do and do it. And so on Sunday night, we've been preaching on this idea of the uh, uh, mindsets of the last days. The things that were going to happen uh, in the last days as, as we're nearing the return of the Lord. And uh, again, folks, this is not a message tonight of Bible prophecy. Uh, but uh, if you look around the world today, you don't have to have a, a Bible scholar. You don't have to be a Bible scholar, have a Bible college degree to realize, folks, that uh, this is a messed up world we're living in. Amen. But the reason we are where we're at is because we're nearing the coming of the Lord. And so if there's ever a time for us as Christians uh, to uh, stand up, uh, stand out, speak up, speak out, it's now. Amen? And so in order for us to do that, we've got to understand the mindset. And that's what we've been talking about, preaching about. And so, uh, but again, tonight's message is going to piggyback right off of this morning's message. And a great message for comfort right coming off right off of team camp. So if you find your place, uh, stand with us together, Matthew chapter 19. And we're going to read just a few verses here, beginning in verse 4. And he answered and said unto them, of course, Jesus, have ye not read? Uh, by the way, here's Jesus referring to his own word. Amen. Uh, have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? We read that verse this morning. And said, for this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God had joined together, let not man put asunder. Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for all that's happened so far in the service tonight. We ask now as we turn our attention uh, and uh, preach for a few moments and speak to our hearts through it. We love you and thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I still have another message or two for Romans, uh, but uh, I feel like uh, that this is the message the Lord wants us to preach tonight. And uh, here is the one of the mindsets of the last days, and we're seeing it happen. We're experiencing it right now, what's going on in our community, and that is the demise of masculinity and femininity. Right. Amen? The demise of that. And again, we talked about that some this morning. I kind of talked more toward the men this morning and talked about what it is to be a Christian man. But folks, listen to me. Let me tell you right now, there is a satanically orchestrated attempt in our culture to destroy biblical masculinity and biblical right. femininity. It's an orchestrated attack on it. And uh, Satan has all but succeeded in breaking down the sacred barrier between the two genders. And at, at first may seem harmless, uh, but I uh, promise you the toll that it's taken on the traditional family structure is devastating. As the family goes, so goes the church. As the church goes, so goes the nation. 
And Satan knows that. Satan knows he cannot directly destroy the church. The Bible promised the church divine perpetuity. Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The church of Jesus Christ always will be. But let me tell you what Satan does, will try to do, and he is doing, he has done, is weaken the church. He can't destroy it, but he can weaken it. Let me tell you how he weakens it. He weakens it through what makes up the church. And that's the family unit. Amen? That's the family unit. And that's what he's done, and that's what he's doing. So you know what we've got to do? We've got to understand what he's doing, and then we've got to build up safeguards in our lives. Uh, We've got to then go on the offense and keep him from doing that to our family. Amen? Amen. That's what we'll talk about that tonight. Amen? So what is it about this, this false mindset, of the demise of masculinity and femininity. Let me give you a few things. First of all, God uh, thrice declares a sacred boundary between men and women. God's the one that established this, folks. God has. Amen. Now, we uh, we read some of the verses this morning. You don't have to turn there. Uh, Let me just read them to you and uh, just show you what God has recorded three times in His Word about this sacred boundary. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Listen to this. Male and female created he them. That verse tells us some things. It tells us, first of all, that God is the one that created mankind. Amen? It tells us that. By the way, even to this day, God's hand is still involved in the the creation of children. Amen? The prophet Jeremiah said, when I I formed thee, God talking to Jeremiah, when I formed thee in the womb, and so God's fingerprints is all over when it comes to uh, the creation of humankind. By the way, humankind's different than any other part of God's creation. Because when, when uh, God creates human beings, he gifts them with something. He hasn't gifted any other part of creation. And that is a living soul. Amen? Oh, yeah. So not only does, has God uh, created and still creates humankind, but God, or God made humanity in his own image. In his own image. I love that because it kind of it kind of emphasizes that twice in that verse. In His own image, in the image of God created He them. By the way, male and female created He them. Amen. Even uh, uh, the male race, uh, uh, the or the male gender, the female gender are both made in the image of God. That is why there is such a divine attack on humanity, if you will. I mean, think about this for a minute. How come uh, you know uh, Satan doesn't necessarily attack the animal kingdom? You know, think, have you ever thought about that? For the most part, the animal kingdom has functioned exactly the way God intended for them to through, from creation. You realize the animal kingdom is not confused on who they're going to get together and mate with? You realize that? Okay. You realize that, you know, the reason we still have animals is because they got it figured out how it's supposed to be? Okay. It's, it's only humanity that the divine attack is on. You know why that is? Because humanity is made in the image of God. That's why. Right. Amen? And Satan knows what to go after, and he does go after. And uh, But God declares the sacred boundary. boundary. Male and female. Those are what God has created. Again, uh, we read the verse this morning, Genesis chapter 5. Male and female created he them, and blessed them, and called their name Adam in the day. And then the verse we just read tonight, Matthew chapter 19, when Jesus said, Have you not read he them male and female. Now listen now. God did not just create one gender. He created two. And he, de- and he declared it uh, three times. He declared it to be so. 
There's never been a divine boundary set. Listen now, don't miss this. There's never been a divine boundary that God set that Satan does not try to destroy. Always. Satan is always trying to attack what God has established. Now listen, gender distinction is God's plan, and gender blending is Satan's plan. And we need to hear that. Amen? Okay? And listen, okay, here's where this is going now. Okay, uh, the uh, those that believe in this whole thing about trans this, trans that. By the way, it's not just transgender. You realize it's transhuman now. Okay, there's literally people that think and believe that they're animals, and and literally walk around and act like and expect people to treat them like animals. I mean, it's bizarre. Trans this, trans that. Okay, here's what they believe. They believe that gender uh, is, uh, is, is relative to what you want it to be. That's what they believe. Okay, They don't believe, like I talked about this morning, that gender is an absolute truth. Well, listen to me, folks. i got news for you. You can take all the hormones you want to take. You can have whatever surgery you want to have. But it does not erase what God made a person at birth. And listen, there's only one or two things he made. That's male or female. Now listen. Whoever would have thought preachers would have to stand up and, and thunder this truth out in a generation, but it must be preached now. Amen. It must be preached now. Listen again, the world's preaching their message. God's people better be preaching their message and believe in what God has to say. Okay? None of this gender confusion going on. And again, listen, folks, that comes from Satan. From, Christ, uh, from Satan. So as Christians, we need to solemnly respect the difference God has created between biblical masculinity and biblical femininity. Now, I would think here, and uh, if I ask everybody, uh, do you believe that God created uh, uh, two genders, male and female, everybody's going to raise their hand and say yes. Okay, but if we're not careful, even as Christians, we'll start buying into the lie and buying into the mindset of gender blending. Oh, sure, Satan's slick at what he does. And by the way, I'm going to tell you right now, this kind of stuff, it happens in the church of Jesus Christ. You better believe it does. Amen? And so we've got to make sure that it's not just something we say we believe, but based upon how we behave and the things we, we do, that we reinforce God's principles. Number two, God records his original intent for both men and women. God records for us what that is. Now listen, godly young people, godly young man, a godly young lady, they understand and embrace the purpose for which God created them for. Amen. Now listen, don't miss this. And uh, don't, uh, and again, these are things I've never talked to you before, so I don't think this is shock value to, to this church. But for a lot of people, for a lot of Christians, this kind of stuff would be shock value. Well, you know what? Again, if biblical truth offends, then uh, shame on me and God's right. Amen. Right? But listen now, we go back and understand God's original intent, and we understand what that is, it will help us live the type of life, by the way, that doesn't just please the Lord, but will allow us to find personal happiness. Personal. Why do you think the biggest rate of people committing suicide are these people that them to be? How come no one wants to talk about that? Okay? And uh, by the way, they want to ignore that. Okay? They want to downplay that, but facts are facts. Amen? Now listen. The first man and first woman were not created at the same time, in the same way, or for the same purpose. Okay? The feminine woman, above all, wants to please the Lord. For this sake, you know what she does? She finds out, you know what he does, the young man? He finds out his divine purpose for which he was created. Again, God tells us that. 
Okay? And uh, all we got to do is go back and uh, look at what the Bible has to say about it. Genesis chapter 2, listen to these verses. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And then we read this down uh, in verses 18 in Genesis chapter 2. And the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone. Can I get an amen there? All right. I will make him and help me for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. And this, what we see here in Genesis is the, uh, the original creation of the first man and first woman, Adam and Eve. And it doesn't just tell us a story of how they were created. It tells us the story of why they were created and God's original intent. By the way, listen to me, folks. Uh, uh, we need to, as Christians, understand. Again, I, I say this often, but you need to get it. I said this morning, God is immutable. He does not change. So if God intended something, he still wants it to be that way. Now, mankind changes, right? Amen? I mean, uh, a man, uh, the, the culture changes, you know, opinions change, and all kinds of stuff. God never changes. So if we're going to do it God's way, we need to figure out what God originally intended for it to be. Now, listen, God understands that uh, mankind doesn't always do it the way he wants, and he doesn't necessarily just write off somebody for not doing it the way he wants. But I'm going to tell you right now, you don't do it God's way, that is a, a life that you're signing up for that's going to be heartache and turmoil and all kinds of trouble. Right. You know, for example, this gets brought up sometimes. All right, well, what about polygamy? Okay, There's a lot of uh, uh, Bible characters we talk about who were involved in polygamous, polygamous relationships. Sure, they were. And by the way, you know what you find when you read about those? They were miserable men, I can tell you that. Right. Yeah. For example, all right, Jacob. Jacob... Uh, uh, you know the story, for sake of time, I won't tell it all, but uh, Jacob ended up having two wives, married sisters. Oh, my goodness, can you imagine that? Okay, Let me tell you what you find out when the Bible gives us some details about Jacob's personal life. Man, that dude lived through a living nightmare. Okay, it was, He was, did not have a pleasant home. You know why? He stepped outside of God's original intent. By the way, Abraham, right? You know when things got messed up, when Abraham decided to get ahead of God, and marry some, uh, somebody else, okay, and his sanction, his wife, wanted it because of, of the children and not believing God's promise, and that relationship was nothing but problem after problem. And by the way, you, ch you chart all this, and just because God doesn't give us in his word all the nitty-gritty details of everybody's life, I'm going to tell you right now, if it's not done God's way, it, there's going to be problems. Right. Amen? And if you want the best result, do it God's way. Amen? Amen. Do it God's way. And when it comes to this idea of original intent for men and women, listen, if you want to be happy in life, you need to do it God's way. And by the way, without apology, this is what we're teaching our young men and our young ladies. It's the kind of stuff they hear every week in Sunday school. This is the type of stuff they're going to hear taught and preached from this pulpit. Because listen, folks, we want them to have the best life possible, yeah. not just for their own personal happiness, but so they can accomplish a work for the Lord Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Right? And the only way it's going to happen is... God's plan. So God first created man. He formed man from his own hands, from the dust of the earth, and divinely gifted him a living soul. Notice this. He placed him in the garden and gave him both responsibilities and rules. 
Second of all, God created the woman. He, fat, he formed uh, uh, by his hands. Listen, woman was formed by God's hands as well. But he, all, but he fashioned her around a rib taken out of man. Divinely gifted her a living soul. Notice here, and brought her to the man for the purpose of being for the man a companion and an helper. And when God joins uh, a man and a woman together in sacred matrimony, uh, uh, he did that, by the way, for Adam and Eve. He's the one that brought them. By the way, think about this. God performed the first wedding in the Bible. Amen? Adam and Eve were the first ones uh, to be married. Of course, that happened when God brought them together. Amen? And God performed that uh, sacred ceremony. And God called her woman because she was taken out of man as a gift to man. God instructed man, Adam, uh, to make his relationship to her the most important of all human relationships and to faithfully cleave to her with the understanding that they were now one flesh. Let me tell you something, that's important here, amen? You say, well, how could two become one? Mathematically, that doesn't make sense unless, unless you think about this, amen, two can become one, right? Okay, you know what it's called? Fractions. All right, fractions. How can two become one? Think about it now. If one's not whole, if it's a half, and another's a half, two halves put together become a whole. You know what that teaches us, folks? Is that, again, this is God's original intent. And understand, for some people, this time of life is, is not, I, I'm not preaching this necessarily because some folks are in different times of life. I get all that. But for the sake of these young people and for the sake of us understanding what God's original intent is, that's what we're preaching about. Amen? So before uh, the young man that God has for the young woman, before he brings them together, listen, they're not whole. All right? They, 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 they're, they're, they're a part of what God wants them to be. And when he brings them together, the Bible says, two become one. And that's the great mystery of this marriage. And that's why Satan attacks it so much, because let me tell you, he understands that when done right, the, the Christian family is an unstoppable force against the kingdom of darkness. Right. And you better believe it. Yep. Amen? Right. And that's why Satan attacks it. So God joins them together. The purpose uh, of Adam was to accept the responsibility and respect the rules that God had placed upon him. The purpose of Eve was to provide and help uh, would provide help and companionship to Adam, so he might better accomplish what God created him to do. Young man, let me say this to you: God created you to find and perform the will of God for your life. That's what He made you to do. By the way, God's got a will for every single human being. He's got a divine plan for. It. By the way, let me tell you something: uh, that right there, knowing that. That, 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 that gives you purpose. That gives you something worth living for. That gives you something worth waking up for every day, knowing that you're serving and accomplishing the purpose for which you were created to do. Amen? Now listen, God in His time will reveal to you that purpose. In the meantime, you need to be preparing for that purpose. But that is God's plan for young men, to accomplish the purpose for which He created you. And young lady, God created you to be a helper, a companion to the young man whom God will one day bring to you in his time. Your purpose is to assist him in God's will for his life. Listen now, a Christian lady does not rebel against God's intent, but instead embraces her divine purpose. Her, notice now, in first preparing for, then carrying out the blessed calling of both being a helper and a companion to the man God has given him. Now here's the question, young ladies. Are you willing to embrace your divine intent? Young men, are you willing to prepare yourself to find and perform God's will for your life? 
Are you developing the masculine traits that will help you succeed in this endeavor? Are you preparing yourself to be both the protector and provider of the home that God day will one day place you over? Are you developing a Christ-like love that you can give to the woman God has created you to be your helper and companion? By the way, folks, listen, that's what the teenage years are about. They're about preparation. The world's made them about pursuit. Okay? I mean, this, you know, uh, well, I was going to say it's popular, you know, now for you know, little teeny boppers to be having boyfriends and girlfriends. But, um, and I guess that is to some extent true. But, man, isn't it crazy that it's not just boyfriends and girlfriends, right? I mean, it's just crazy, again, where our society's at. But listen to me, folks. Who cares where the society's at? Right. What right. is it God yeah. has intended? And by the way, I know it's 2023. I know we're living in a, a, a dark age spiritually. But young people can still turn out right and bright for the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. And man, listen, I'm preaching this type of stuff because of those precious young people that were standing up here on that platform a few minutes ago. Do you realize the potential a group of young people have like that for the cause of Jesus Christ? The potential? Here's what I said to our young people the other night when we were having our, our last devotion after kind of coming together and talking about all God did in our hearts at camp. We were in a circle talking out, out, out under the stars. There was 13 of us, okay, including me. And here's what I said to them. I said, think about this for a minute. God just brought this to my heart. You realize this is the same size group that under the leadership of the Lord Jesus Christ turned the known world upside down? Right. Listen, folks, I, I, I'm all about growing. I'm all about you know, more people. The, the bigger the, the more people, the more work can be accomplished. But you know what? It doesn't necessarily take a huge amount. Okay? It just takes all of us being sold out and in love with Jesus Christ right. and doing it in God's way. By the way, I'll take God's, God's uh, end result over the world's end result any time. Any time. By the way, you know, the world wants to make fun of, of, of how we do things. And oh my goodness, old-fashioned and fuddy-duddy and all the stupid terminology they use. Things I can't even repeat from this poll, but they say about us. That's okay. All right, let's go 10 years down the road and see how it works out. That's right. Let's look at the young people who followed God's plan, did it God's way. And let's go down the road 10 years and see how it works out for them. Amen? I'll tell you, folks, it can still happen today. All right? So as, as young men, as young ladies, are we working on and preparing for God's original intent that he has for our life? What else do we see about this demise of masculinity and femininity? We see this. We see that God outlines a divine structure for the home. God outlines it. Again, folks, God defined it. He established it. He gives us all the rules and instructions how it ought to be. And when it's done God's way, it's the best way. I promise you it's true. Okay? He tells us this. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5. Familiar passage of Scripture. I'll just read the verse to you here. Here's what he says. Wives, talk to you ladies first for a minute. Submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. With the head of the church. And he's the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. And you know what you see in here? You see a couple verses that, that give you, and again, folks, this is not a list of 20 or 30 different things. It's, it's basic responsibilities of how God expects to bring the principles of the home. And by the way, that's what we do around here. We teach the Bible, amen? What does God have to say about it? Well, God has placed the responsibility of love and leadership upon the husband. God has placed the responsibility of respect and fellowship upon the wife. 
He's assigned the man the duty of providing for the home and the wife the duty of being the keeper of the home. Children are the blessed result of this divine union. The father leading, the mother assisting, the children obeying are the hallmarks of a scriptural home. And that's what Satan attacks. He wants it all backwards. Amen? He encourages role reversal. He wants husbands to become wives and wives to become husbands in their responsibilities. We're seeing it in our culture today. And for the most part, people just accept that hook, line, and sinker. Children are encouraged to rebel. Let me tell you, you start getting God's divine order messed up, it's going to be a sad situation. Amen? And so this is how God has established it. And then God gives us in His Word tenets, and uh, we won't even get into this at all tonight, but God gives us principles in His Word of what it is to be have masculine traits and what it is to have feminine traits. God outlines this in His Word. All through His Word, there's principles. Some of those we talked about this morning. Uh, for sake of time, I'm not going to get into that tonight. Uh, but to all that to say, listen, God's Word has the answers. We just need to be doing it God's way. Amen? And I'm going to tell you, that's what society's done. That's the false mindset of the day. That's why the home's under attack. And that's why everything's topsy-turvy. Listen, folks, even in... Uh, regular, normal, you know, heterosexual relationships the way God established it to be. Listen, there's still a lot of messed up stuff going on. By the way, let me just make this statement. Brother Randy made this statement this week. It's a good statement, okay? What we're dealing with right now uh, is, the, is the sin of homosexuality, and that's been outlined and lifted up in this month, okay? But you know what? And think about it now, all right? Am I, are we against it? Absolutely. All right, God's against it. Amen. We preaching against that stuff. Absolutely, God. Uh, uh, you know, uh, God gives the principles against it in His Word. But do you realize that sins uh, of heterosexuality are still sins against God as well? Yeah. And the Bible's just as much against those sins as He is the sins of homosexuality. Right. Sometimes we want to focus on that, but we want to ignore other things that you know. Well, you know, if it's heterosexual, then it's okay. Well, no, it's not. What's God say? Amen. Amen. Let me just leave you with the verse tonight. All right? Uh, This verse tells us without any doubt whatsoever God's plan. Let's look at it real quick. Let's flip over there. Hebrews chapter 13. In case you're wondering, in case you might be trying to, uh, uh, you know, figure it all out uh, through the craziness of the culture and all the messages of Hollywood and all the other garbage going on, Listen, God tells us plain and simple how it's supposed to be. Amen? Here you go. Uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. Okay? Hebrews 13, verse 4. Notice the first word in that verse. Let's say it together, church. You ready? Marriage. Ah, divine institution right there. Here it is. You ready? Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Okay, here's God's plan for human sexuality. Okay, marriage. Yep. That's it. Yep. That's his plan. Marriage. Okay, that's how he established it. So that means this: any of that sin uh, or any any of that stuff happens before marriage, guess what? Sin. Unfaithfulness to your spouse during marriage, sin. Involved after a marriage relationship, sin. Right. Right. And listen, we need to understand something, folks. God has a very, very narrow definition when it comes to uh, human sexuality. Marriage. And as much as we preach against the sin of homosexuality, we need to be preaching against these kind of sins as well. I'm going to tell you right now. Let's be honest, okay? All right? 
That group that makes up the sodomite crowd, truth be told, makes up a small percentage of the population. It really does. Just because they're loud, we think that's everybody. No, it's not. Now, it might be more now, but when, 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 when statistics were first coming out, it was only about 4% of the population okay, in America. Now, again, it may be more now because the sin's grown, okay? But even if it has grown a little bit, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not 20, 30, 40%. I can guarantee you that. So truth be told, there's more sins committed uh, by heterosexuals that are destroying homes than sins committed by homosexuals destroying homes. Right? And so listen, the message is about doing it God's way. Doing it God's way when it comes to being masculine. Doing it God's way when it comes to being feminine. Right? Let's let the Bible define it. Let's live by the Word of God. And I promise you, folks, it's the best way to do it. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the